Hey, I'm Curtis, and uh, I just wanted to share my testimony of how I was delivered from darkness and demons, how Jesus rescued me and and brought me into his kingdom, gave me a new life. Uh, when I was a younger guy, I grew up in the church, and uh, I grew up in like a fairly like kind of conservative church, like a brethren background. And so I knew a lot about the Bible as a kid, and my parents were solid believers, and uh, that, you know, they raised me to know the Bible and go to church and things like that. But uh, somewhere along the line, like I also went to a Christian school and somewhere along the line, I, I started feeling like I was getting bullied or experienced some rejection as a little kid and uh, felt like I couldn't fit in at church. And there's just, I mean, things that I was struggling with and stuff like that. But it resulted in this moment when I was in grade seven, uh, where I had this really significant departure away from God. Um, and in hindsight, actually, I was thinking about this recently, but in hindsight, I, I did have some experiences with God that were really significant when I was a little kid around the same time, like right before that I departed and, and ran away from him. And in hindsight, uh, looking back, I, I can see that God was actually doing something in my life. And I think the enemy actually saw that and was coming after me hard. But one of these moments was um, in about grade seven, I was at this uh, this youth retreat and, uh, and I, you know, I was, I was sitting and everything was normal as I went through it. And on the last night of this youth retreat, the pastor came, came up to me and he just said, Curtis, like, I know sometimes maybe you don't feel like a leader, but I just want to tell you that God says that you're actually a leader and you're called to be a leader in the church. And, uh, I couldn't even explain like what I felt, but I all of a sudden had this like overwhelming sense of God's presence and of the love of God. And I just started to cry. And I just, it was, I was so impacted by this word that he gave me and it like shook me up. And I didn't really come from a background where, you know, experiences with the Holy Spirit were talked about. So I had a couple friends even after that experience who kind of made fun of me and they went, Oh, you're so emotional. Why did you cry in the service? And they kind of made fun of this moment. And I became very ashamed of, crying at, at this church thing, I felt really embarrassed by it. And it felt like the enemy just, just stole that word that God had given me. That was actually a true, a true encounter that I had with God. Um, but like right around that time, like after that, I felt like I experienced some more bullying at school and things like that. And I just decided I got so bitter at my family and at Christians in my life. And so I decided that I was going to run away from God and that I wanted nothing to do with God. And, um, so my family moved to a different house. We moved to a different city and, uh, from elementary school going into high school. And so I, I had this like moment where when I went to a new high school for me, it was like, okay, here's my clean slate. I'm not going to a Christian school anymore. I'm going to a public school. And so now I can kind of like distance myself with that upbringing that I had and kind of, uh, redefine who I wanted to be. And, and, uh, and, and I dragged with, you know, in that decision, I, I had bitterness towards my family and church and all that. So when I got into grade nine in high school, I kind of just made this decision that I was going to surround myself with all of uh, the people and all of the behaviors that I knew God would hate because I was just, I was just so angry at God. And I think I, I never really doubted that God was real, but I was just so angry at him. And I held so much bitterness in my heart that I just, it was almost like I wanted to prove to God, like I wanted to make God hurt or make my family hurt. And so I just ran in grade nine, started to mess around with drugs, started to get involved with parties and stuff like that. Um, 
And then uh, slowly over time, that stuff began to just increase and increase. And I just uh, tried to distance myself from the upbringing that I had. Um, at somewhere, uh, somewhere along the line, I, I was always really musical. And so I loved uh, always writing music. And I, I was doing that even from when I was like a young kid. I would just like come up with songs and things like that. But in high school at the time, uh, death metal was super popular. And I got uh, into the death metal scene. And I joined a band in high school and continued uh, in that scene all throughout high school. And um, so like fast forward after high school, when I was about 18, 19, I was looking at actually a career in death metal music and I'd gotten really good at screaming. I was the vocalist for a band and, uh, and we were, we were doing like pretty good, like locally we, we were, we were pretty good and I was getting pretty good at screaming and was starting to get connected to different people and all this kind of stuff. So that was going to looking like it was going to be my career at the time. And, uh, but all in that scene, it's just, there's just such a heavy fascination with darkness. And so I would be watching horror movies and I almost had like a horror movie addiction where I'd be watching horror movies like almost every day or I'd be studying up on like weird like witchcraft stuff and like, uh, you know, just dark like things in history. And I would be writing lyrics out of these things. And, and part of the experience, although I didn't go into any sort of like official witchcraft uh like practices or whatever maybe i what i started to do when i'd write lyrics and i was usually high and doing drugs and stuff like that but i would start to like channel this energy and i i, I would feel something actually come over my body and i would slip into almost these like trances and i'd start writing lyrics and i'd just be like inspired to to create these death metal songs and things like that and uh I started having these experiences more and more where I'd start to slip into almost these out of body experiences. And, um, and at first it felt really good. It felt like, you know, I had this like power and, um, I guess you could call it like astral projection or something like that, but that wasn't really my categories for it. But, uh, I started to like go and have these out of body experiences or feel this power. And I felt like sometimes when I was doing these death metal shows and I'd be screaming lyrics that were like very overtly satanic, but I felt like I had like power over people in the audience and I could like control and manipulate things and, um, you know, cause fear and things like that in people. And, and then over time, like what, what began to happen was, uh, so at first these spiritual kind of experiences I was having felt good and, uh, I felt kind of powerful and I felt like intimidating. And obviously I, I think I struggled with a lot of insecurity, especially being bullied as a little kid. I felt like I wanted to distance myself from that and kind of, kind of be a, like a tough guy or whatever. And, and it felt good to have power and to like fight people and, and things like that. And then what, what ended up happening though, is that those feelings that I had ended up turning on me. And, uh, when I was 19 years old, I felt like I had a total mental breakdown and, um, there were so many things that started happening in my life at this point in time, but I started to, uh, just experienced like crazy nightmares and just like very vivid nightmares and, and had experiences where my room, like my door would slam shut in the middle of the night and my CD player would turn on at full volume in the middle of the night and just start blaring death metal music for no apparent reason. And, and I would have all these weird experiences and then just feel like I could just, 
I felt this like evil presence. And then when I started doing drugs or things like that, I started to have like extreme paranoia that there was like voices in my head and people following me and, and things like that. So I started, I ended up cutting out the drugs and I thought, okay, man, I, I burnt my mind. Like, so I'm not going to like smoke weed anymore. I'm not going to do drugs anymore. And I, I cut out all that stuff, but the paranoia and the feeling in my mind just kind of get, kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I, and often what would happen in that 19th year of my life is I would black out and I would go into these fits of rage and I would start fighting people and I'd start going crazy. And it was almost like I would come to and not even know what happened. And, and, or I'd have a conversation with somebody and it felt like my body was almost on autopilot. Like I was having a conversation, but I didn't feel like I was the one at the steering wheel of my life. I felt like something else was controlling my life. And, uh, and I, and I didn't really have language for it. So I started looking into like mental health and I was like, maybe I'm bipolar, maybe I'm schizophrenic, you know, maybe I burnt my brain on drugs and this is like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, this is going to, how it's going to be for me, uh, moving on. Um, but I had a few experiences leading up to the moment where I encountered Jesus that really, uh, I, I just started recognizing like my desperate need for God again. And he started waking me up to the fact of, uh, I just was desperate for him. I needed him and I needed freedom in my life. But one of these experiences that I had was I was with uh, my girlfriend, uh, who, uh, who is now my wife, but she was my girlfriend at the time. And, and neither of us were walking with the Lord. Um, but I remember I was taking a selfie with her and, uh, I, I took a selfie in my, my phone and then I looked at the picture and in the picture, my, my face looked like the, the character from the movie scream, but the, the face that's all stretched out and long and sad kind of thing. And my face was like all distorted and weird looking and her face was fine. And so I just thought, oh man, that's weird. There's probably something on the lens of the camera. So I like rubbed off my camera lens took it again, another selfie, and my face looked exactly the same, but like twisted even in almost a different way. And like sad and dark and like dark eyes and a long mouth. And and then I, I saw, I was like, oh, that's weird. And, I, and so I, I flipped the camera the other way to see maybe it'll affect her face, uh, uh, Sylvia's face, if I, if I flip the camera around and take it another way. And every single time, I think I tried four times, my face came out distorted every time and her face was completely fine. And... Uh, I remember in that moment, all of a sudden this fear came over me and I was like, okay, what is going on right now? And I remember feeling this feeling and I know now that it was God's voice, but I remember having this thought enter my, my mind of this is what you look like on the inside and on the outside, you're trying to prevent, pretend that everything's okay, but this is what you look like inside. And, uh, this experience like really freaked me out. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I need, I need help. Like I, there's something wrong with my life. And, uh, in addition to that, the last thing I'd say about that whole experience was, um, I felt like I was a prisoner in my own mind. And I felt like for years, I just felt like I was almost the only way I can describe it is I was like strapped to a chair in the back of my head, but I felt like I was watching life happen to me but I felt like I had no real control over my life. And, um, I felt like, yeah, just like I was on autopilot and I, I just felt like I, the, the only way to describe it was I was a prisoner in the back of my mind and something else had taken over. And, uh, I got so desperate and I, I was at this point having thoughts of like taking my own life. And, and I just got super freaked out about this whole experience. And then, 
I got invited to a church one night and I just knew I had this feeling in my heart, which again was God's voice, but I just felt this feeling that if I don't get to this church tonight, uh, that something horrible is going to happen to me. Like this is a, a, a life or death kind of situation. I got to get to this church tonight. And, um, it was a crazy thing, even getting to the church that night. Like, so on the way to the church, even my brother, who wasn't doing good at this, at the time too, he was involved in drugs and, uh, drinking a lot and was just like living a very destructive lifestyle. But randomly, my mom was going to drive me to this place that night. And, uh, my brother said, Oh yeah, I'll come, I'll come to the church too. And my mom was like, Oh, okay, that's, that's cool. And so we jumped in the car and then like on our way to the church, my brother started having this big, anger episode where this, this rage fit where he started kind of yelling and getting mad and freaking out and swearing and whatever else. And, and then he, we pull up to a red light and he opened the door and he jumped out of the car and just took off in the middle of the city. And, and it was just this crazy thing. And, and I felt desperate in my heart when, when he was doing this, I was like, mom, like we have to get to the church. Like you have to get me to the church. And like, so she just shut the door and, and we just kept driving and we just ignored whatever my brother was going through. And, um, and then we got to the church and when I got to the church, uh, and again, like this next moment, um, my background, like in our family's background, like we had never heard a lot about spiritual warfare or demons. And like, I think growing up, we knew that that was real. We had read the Bible and we knew that that was something that was out there, but we never really imagined that, that our situation could have been like that this could have actually been demonic. Like it just wasn't a part of my family's framework or the, the church background that we experienced. And so when I got to the church that night, uh, I, I kind of went in, I had a black hoodie, I think probably with like, I think all my hoodies at the time had like, you know, death metal hoodies with like skulls and stuff. And I remember like pulling my hood up and like sitting in the back of the church and uh, I can't remember anything that happened during the service, but uh, I, I just remember like any of the speaking or anything like that. But I, when I was in the back of the room, I remember I just started shaking and almost like passing out. And I, I had to grab the chair in front of me at some points because I was fainting. I thought I was going to fall out of my chair. And it was such a strange experience and I had no clue what was going on. And uh it was all freaking me out. My mom is just sitting beside me and just praying and just like crying out to God, like asking him to do a miracle. And, and then at the end of the service, uh, a pastor got up on the stage and he just like got up and he said, um, you know, I have, I think the Holy spirit has given me a word for somebody here tonight. And he said, uh, there's someone here tonight and you're sitting here and, and you feel like you're a prisoner in your own mind. And Jesus wants to come and he wants to set you free tonight. And when he said that word, like it was like a knife hit me right in the heart. Like, and I knew that it was God speaking directly to me. Like it was the perfect words to describe exactly how I felt. And um, in that moment, I'm still like sitting in the chair and I'm like shaking and I feel like I'm going to pass out. And I just prayed in my heart. I couldn't even, I couldn't even open my mouth to, to say the words but I just prayed in my heart. I said, Jesus, like, I, I, I said, Jesus, like, if, if you're actually real and, and like, if you would heal me, I, I will give you the rest of my life. And then, uh, it was just an honest prayer from my heart. And, and, and then in that next moment, I don't even know really what happened, but I remember feeling like it was almost like these hands came down my back 
and it felt like all of a sudden I was struck by electricity. And I shot up out of my chair and I just like ran to the front of this church and I just collapsed at the front of this church and started crying and, and just like begging the pastors, begging someone to help me. And uh, I made a big scene at the place, and which I didn't care about in the moment. I was just so desperate. Um, and then the pastor, uh, they ended up taking me to the side of the church and at the front there. And the pastor began to say, like, you know, Curtis, have you ever heard of spiritual warfare and demons? And in that moment, I knew I was like, OK, yeah, whatever I'm experiencing, this is definitely this is demonic. And I it clicked for me. But then the, the next moment, the pastor, he got another word of knowledge where he heard from the spirit. And, and he said, Curtis, like, and he didn't know me. He said, Curtis, I, I, I'm just hearing from God that you've given rights to the kingdom of darkness to your throat. Does that make any sense to you? And I was like, and he didn't know I was a death metal screamer. He didn't know any of that. And, and that I'd been screaming these satanic lyrics. And, um, and then he's, and, uh, and of course, yes, that was true. But when he said that, as soon as he said that word, I felt this like hand grab my throat and I started choking and coughing and, and like violently reacting to what he was saying. My, I was shaking. Like it was, it was very, very intense. And then he commanded, he, he started saying, uh, I can't remember a lot of it. Honestly, at this point, it was so intense that, um, I, I wasn't even really sure what was going on, but he just said like, you know, the blood of Jesus down your throat. And I remember just coughing and sputtering. And then this other voice took over my mouth and started speaking out of my mouth. And, uh, saying all kinds of things that I thankfully don't remember, <laughs> but I just remember the experience was very, very intense. And then, so they started doing deliverance and commanding spirits to leave me. And, uh, and then all the while in my heart, while this is going on, it's very intense. It's very full on, but in, in my heart, I'm just like crying and just like thinking like, oh my goodness, like I, I was getting so hit by the love of God. And I was just like, man, God, like I deliberately, like I knew who you were. And like, I knew the Bible and I knew the gospel and I knew what you did for me on the cross. And I deliberately slapped you in the face. And I, I, I allowed evil spirits to come into my life and to control my life. And yet you still love me and you're still setting me free. And it's like in that moment, my, I just repented and my heart just fully changed. And I, uh, I just realized just how much God loved me and just like his mercy for me and Basically, over the next couple of weeks, I went through this deliverance process with this church where I was just renouncing all of these things that I had been involved in in my life. And uh, I got set free. I don't know how many demons, but it was um, quite a lot of spirits just kept coming out of me over the course of a few weeks. And then uh, but I was completely free and it, it changed my entire life. And even after that first night, like I was a completely different person and all that, that feeling of being trapped in the back of my mind. It was like, I remember walking out of the church and like, I just was like staring at my hands and I was just like feeling, and I was like, it felt like there was this blip in my life where I was a boy and I felt like connected and I, I felt whole. And then it was like this blip of darkness in my life. And then all of a sudden it was like, I felt like a little boy again. And I felt like I could feel my hands and I could like see, and I was present and my mind was clear and there wasn't this like storm. And it's just like, I remember too walking out of the church and just being like, I like how quiet it was. It was like, I was in the midst of this storm with all these waves in my head, my entire life. And then I remember walking out of that church and being like, I felt like, 
life was just like this crystal clear lake and everything was so calm. And it was like, honestly, the silence was overwhelming in my head. Like I was like, I didn't know it could be that quiet. And, uh, and it was, I was completely healed. And after that, like all of the anger problems just fell off my life. All of the struggles that I had with lust, they just fell off my life. And I just like all the drug problems that I had, it just stopped. Um, and cause I was so shocked into life and I just realized like, like, oh my goodness, like Jesus loved me and he gave his life for me and even healed me when I was like deliberately rebelling against them. And, and I don't ever want to experience this demonic junk in my life again. And the experience just, it changed my entire life. Um, and then, yeah, it's been an amazing journey ever since then. I, I just, I left all the death metal scene. I left all those bands and I, I turned from that and, after that moment, I, I just realized I was like, all I want to do for the rest of my life is just tell people about Jesus. And, and so that's what I get the opportunity to do now. And, and I get to be in ministry and tell people about Jesus. And then by God's grace in my life, like through that experience, he's also used me to help see other people get set free from demonic stuff. And that's one of the main ways that God gets, uh, God uses me in, in ministry today. Yeah. And so after this whole thing happened in my life, like it really kind of set a bomb off in my family in the best way. But after this too, my girlfriend at the time, Sylvia, she, I first thought it was crazy, you know, and a lot of my friends at the time too thought it was crazy. They were like, okay, Curtis was crazy in one way and violent and messed up in his head. And now he's just crazy about Jesus. And, and so they just thought maybe it was a fad in my life or the latest, you know, mental issue I was having or whatever it was. But, um, over time, like, you know, it became obvious that something had changed in my life. And my girlfriend at the time, I, uh, it was an interesting journey because I just said, you know, this, I'm going this way, I'm going to follow Jesus. But I, I felt like, uh, like I didn't feel to just totally ditch her. I just said, you know, I, I'd love for you to follow Jesus with me. And, um, this is just, I mean, God used, uh, you know, God was working in all this in such a cool way. But she somehow just stuck around, even though I was like, I'm following Jesus. She just, she, she was like, no, I'm an atheist and this is stupid. But then she would still text me to want to hang out and stuff. And so somehow our relationship just, we, we stayed connected for a couple months. And, um, but then there was this one night where I went over to her house and I just, uh, and I told her, but Jesus, I told her about the experience I'd had and so many times. And she was like, no, this is just, this is dumb. There's no such thing as God. And, and then, uh, I just, I decided, I was like, Hey, like, can I show you a worship song? And she's like, no, I don't want to listen to that. And I hate worship music. And I, I just put it on anyways. So I just put on this worship song. And then, um, in the next moment, all of a sudden we both were sitting in this room and we felt like a wind just blow through the room. And then she just started sobbing, crying. And, uh, it was just the presence of God just blew like very tangibly heavy into the room. And she just started crying and was like, what is this? Like, and, and then in that moment, I was like, it's Jesus. Like Jesus is just showing you that he's real and he, and he wants your heart. And, and, uh, it was such a cool thing. And I didn't, I didn't have a clue what to do or how to lead someone to Jesus or like any, anything, but, uh, it was so cool. Like she was like, I don't know what just happened to me, but I know that I want Jesus. And I know that I love him moments ago. I, I, I didn't want anything to do with him. And all of a sudden I, I just believe in him and I, I, I want him now. And, 
And uh, we got to pray together that night. And ever since she started following after Jesus too. And, and shortly after that too, like a, a massive change happened in my family where my dad actually experienced some freedom in his life from some things. And I think my mom as well. And then uh, my brother shortly after that called me months later crying on the phone, just like, man, I've just seen what's happened in your life and I want the same thing. And so I got to take him to the church and he went through a deliverance as well and then was set free from alcohol and all kinds of uh, drug addictions and things like that in that moment. And then and then after a while after that, my sister eventually came around too and started following the Lord. And, and even a couple of my friends ended up turning their lives to the Lord after that. And it was like this bomb just kind of like went off and um, and the Lord just used this moment to just deliver my entire family. It was awesome. Curtis, if you had anything to say to this generation, what would it be? Yeah, I think if I had anything to say, I mean, and to this generation based on my story is like, I grew up in an environment where I didn't, we didn't have spiritual you know, a spiritual grid for this stuff. Like we didn't have, uh, you know, we, we had maybe a form of godliness, but we denied the power that, that God is actually still delivering people today. And I would just encourage you, if you're listening, like there are people out there who are desperate for freedom and uh, they're desperate. They actually have, there's so many people out there with demonic bondage in their life and in their minds. And as the church, we actually have the answer to that. And if you're a believer and you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, then you actually have the authority and the answer to that demonic problem in people's lives. And I would just encourage the church, like, we need to, to be the answer for people. There's people who are, are hungry and they're looking for freedom. And sadly, a lot of the times is, uh, you know, we don't have uh, an ability, we don't have the, provide the, the answer to those people who are struggling or we don't know how to to deal with spiritual warfare. And I just encourage you, if you're a believer, like get equipped and, and like demons are real and this stuff is real. And Jesus cast demons out in the Bible and he's still doing that today. And this is how he's reaching so many people. And in our own lives, we see people coming to the Lord all the time. And especially from like new age backgrounds and different places who are desperate for spiritual freedom and they're looking everywhere else. And sadly, a lot of times the church isn't giving them any help or they're just saying, study your Bible hard, harder. And the person is like levitating off their bed in the night or having nightmares or something. And, and we're not, uh, we're not actually confronting those things. So I would just encourage you, if you're watching this video, uh, get equipped to deal, uh, to learn how to use your authority and, and like, and don't shy away from it. Don't, don't like hide or be, af don't be afraid of demons, but actually like in love, look for the people out there who are struggling and actually go and, and be the answer. Use your authority and set the captive free because it changes people's lives and it changed my life. Like, I don't know what I would have done if I would have come to a church that, that wasn't prepared to, to deal with that kind of stuff. And that I might've got shooed out and stayed the exact same that I was. So that'd be my encouragement to you. Uh, there is power in the name of Jesus to set the captive free and we need to walk in that power. Thanks, Curtis.